Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team. Hi, season 6, episode 28 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Joining me this week, Mark Stoll from California. Hello. And making his debut on the pod, Nate from Minneapolis. Hello, thanks for having me on. No problems. Nate, let me come to you first. This is your first time on the, on the um on the Tottenham Family Podcast. It's always customary to, to ask guests 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 even how they got bitten by the Spurs bug. Tell us. Well, I never really grew up watching um, soccer as we call it here all that much. I played as a kid but didn't watch very much. Um, and after college, I um, was staying with my parents for a bit and kind of bored. And um, I started actually watching the Eredivisie, and I was watching Ajax at the time because they're kind of the best team um, in the Netherlands. And I became a big fan of uh, some of their players, including Christian Eriksen. So I kind of followed him when he left their team and came to Spurs. Um, and once I started watching Spurs, I kind of just got, um, as you said, I got bitten by the bug. You know, it was just... Um, more into it than I anticipated I ever would be in it, you know, getting up at all weird hours to watch games and kind of just started never missing a game. And um, this podcast was part of it too, feeling like I was able to keep in touch with sort of what fans felt about what was going on and learn about more of the history behind the team and everything. So, yeah. And in in, in, in that time that you've been supporting Spurs, has there been a, a moment that stands out for you, something that you... That- you look back on it might be a game it might be a goal it, it it might be an anecdote something that sticks out for you in that time yeah i mean there's a couple things but maybe the, the strongest the moment where i really i think really um there's kind of a no turning back moment was um it was a game against chelsea it was the um it was the season where they beat us to the title but we we beat them at white Hart lane I think it was 2-0. Yep. Both the goals were from Ericsson crosses to Delhi. Mm-hmm. And I was watching that. There's like a little bar in town where um, Spurs fans meet up to watch the game. So I went there to watch and um, just we all just lost it. And it was that was a, yeah, it was a pretty good experience. And I think that was when I really kind of really got fully into it. And, of course, that season ended in disappointment as pretty much all of them have but you know welcome we'll talk more about later well, welcome to life as a spurs fan that's something yeah. that you will you'll get used to um let's talk a little bit about today's match uh mark if i come to you um are there any well firstly this was a game where you know chelsea had had drawn yesterday dropped a few points perfect opportunity for us um united drawing against everton as well um and we don't take our chance chance yet again. Was there any positives that we can draw on from today? Um, it's a tough one, to be quite honest. I mean, I think the only thing that surprised me was we actually started a game well, mm-hmm. which I thought we'd have just come to the come to the expectation that the first twenty minutes is just survival for us lately. But so we actually started the the game well, and I think. 
I think the game was ours for the taking in the first half, but we were just so lethargic up front, front again for me, and we just let them back into it. And but there's no shame in losing to Wolves either. They're a damn good team. They're extremely well organised. They know exactly, you know, what tactics to play. And and at the end, you could you couldn't see us getting an equaliser. They looked so solid. It was ridiculous. So yeah, it was a disappointing day. I mean, we got to see, we got to see Tanganga and and uh, Sanchez together, which a lot of people seem to be looking forward to. And Parrot actually got on the pitch, but nobody stood out, and it was a disappointing game. Really, I think if we had a little bit more energy and drive, we could have and should have won. Yeah, and and you know, it's a valid point about Wolves. They are a very good team. Um... Having said that, if we want to, if we have any aspirations about finishing in that top, top four, then we need to beat those teams. Um, and you need to win your home matches. At, 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 you know, that's a starting point, and, and we didn't do that today. And, and, it, and it was it was disappointing. I, I felt up until that goal um, that Doherty scored, the equaliser, um, after 27 minutes, I thought I, I up until then we, we started off really well. I thought we had good shape. I like the fact that um, I know that if you compare and contrast today's form lineup formation with last week against Chelsea, um, last week I felt it very, very much looked like a back five. Today it looked more like a back three with f- the full backs playing more like wing backs and pushing, pushing up. I understand some of that might be the fact that we're at home and not away, and and Chelsea did a good job last week of. Um, putting pressure on us and, and not allowing us to get forward but you look at the personnel last week we had Taganga playing at right back and he, or right wing back and he's not really that's not his game to bring the ball forward he's better suited to playing centre back which is where he was today and we have Serge on the on the right who's, who's more um, uh, accustomed to doing that so I think that the 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 combination of Aurea on one side and and Ben on the other, they were they were a lot further up upfield. So we we, we looked to ha- we looked to be on the front foot from the fr- front foot from the beginning. We looked to have shape. We looked good. And honestly, I think <laughs> after that first goal went in and they equalised, I just felt heads heads dropped. I know we went ahead and mate got got one just crucial time just before um, half time and made it two one, but. It was against the run of play at the yeah, time. It was, that, yeah. it was that or nothing, really. Yeah, and and we lack that something up front. Um, Nate, thoughts on today? I mean, I, I agree largely with what, what you all said. It started off looking, like you said, looking good. But as soon as they scored, you know, I just kind of knew that it wasn't going to end well. And like you said, even after we scored the second goal, you normally you'd feel... You know, two one up at halftime. You know, you'd feel pretty good, but just did not um, did not have a, a very good feeling going into halftime, in spite of the lead. And yeah, like you said, it was it was pretty disappointing to see how it started well um, and just kind of fell apart. Uh-huh. I thought Tanganga Tanganga was uh, a positive in that I love the way he took it to a Triore. He, he wasn't scared of Troyer at all. He, he certainly let him have it, especially in the second half. But I think, by the same token, I think he got so mixed up in those physical battles high up the pitch that he got caught out. Mm. Yeah, actually. For it. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I, I was watching back the goals, and I think it was the third one. He kind of ran out and tried to shove um, Traore off the ball, and he didn't succeed, of course. And then he was out of out of his spot when they scored that winning goal. And even for the first goal, he, um, you know, I mean, it's hard because the cross came in quick, but he, you know, did not clear the ball well for the first cross either, mm. or the first goal. On the uh, defenders and, and the lineup, and we had a question from Darren Pamantes, Twitter handle is that's does P nineteen nineteen. He says, "Do you think the lack of Toby at the back cost us?" I do. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I think Tanganga. We've all been excited for him, and you know, um, I agree that he did show some strength in this game and showed some of what he can do in a positive sense. But it did feel like we were missing a little bit of just calmness in defense um and it cost us pretty badly i have a feeling mark is perhaps to say the complete opposite mark no I, I don't i don't think we miss toby that much i think i think maybe today wasn't the day to put sanchez and tanganga in together against mm. a very seasoned attack that gel extremely well especially on the counter and it seemed like the closer our defenders got to each other the more nervous they became. It was almost like they were the magnets getting close to each other and it just became mm. disjointed whenever they were in and around each other. The more spread out they were, the more comfortable it seemed. But no, I don't I don't think so. I mean Toby may have made a difference, but he has not been great at all really this season for me. By his own standards, he's dropped off, so I mean who, who can say? Yeah, I think when I looked at it before the game, I was I was a little bit excited. I wasn't too despondent that Toby had been dropped because I I felt like you do Mark. I, I think that there's been a little bit of a dip in his form. I know there's it's been well documented about Jan, but I think less so. I think Toby. I mm-hmm. think that his you know his passing we know is excellent. His rapier balls that um that can can find usually invariably it's somebody like Deli Ali. We know about those qualities, but his defending, I think, has just slightly dipped. Um, particularly when there's a ball over the top, I, 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 he's not seems to be as quick as he once was. Like he said, by his own standards. So on that basis, I thought, well, okay, this is interesting. Taganga, I, I like the look of him at centre back with Sanchez. Um, Dyer, I thought would would play in midfield, but as it was, he was in a back three. And when 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 we when when the teams came out and lined up, and, and I was fine with that. And I think that's probably Dyer's best best position. Um, but I think what Toby does give you is leadership. He does give you experience. Um, he's got good positional positional sense. He's got that the calmness that that Nate mentioned, and maybe we we were lacking that. I don't know. It, it, it's it's really difficult. I mean. If you step back a minute from this season and our problems um, in defence, and problems all over the pitch, but if you just look at defence for a moment, if if you'd looked back at any other season, you would probably say, depending on whether you play with a back four or a back three, you'd say Jan and Toby normally would be the main two centre-backs, with Sanchez pushing um, for a place either alongside those in a free or competing with with one of those two players for 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 a slot but that's what you would look at and now this season Jan's form's dipped 
Toby, I think, slightly is dipped. And then what, what are you left with? You're left with Tagango, who I, I think is a superb talent. Sanchez, who's, who's good, but he is prone to the odd error. Um, and then a few others, like Voice, who's obviously fallen under the radar somewhat. But none of these players have got the experience and the leadership that Jan and Toby offered. Yeah, so we, we, we look a bit disjointed. I mean, this is something that David Fornell touches upon. He says, even though we are suffering injuries to our strike force, but it's actually defending that's, that's costing us. I mean, all, this is a problem that's, I think, been present all season, whether that was under Pochettino or under under Mourinho. We've been conceding goals left, right and centre. I mean, three goals today at home. You, you, if you concede three goals at home, you're bound to, bound to be in trouble. But it... Even even games that we win, we, we seldom keep a clean sheet these days. It's you know there's a lot of two ones, for example. Yeah, and I think I I believe a lot of it it, it stems to it stems back to Yan and Toby both dropping off a little bit, but our midfield is just shot. It's just mm. shot. There's no protection there at all. I don't know who was supposed to be helping out. Um, Winks today it, it seemed like Ali was back in the first half and then the Celso came back a little bit deeper Lucas came back deeper in the second half but our midfield is the biggest problem for me I don't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too bothered if we lost any of those midfielders we currently have I don't think any of them are looking like starters right now not for not for where we want to be or where we expect to be Thoughts, mate? Yeah, well, I mean, I think again, thinking back to the goals. I mean, the second two goals, like Mark was saying, they it, they really came more from the fact that there is no midfield than they came from the defense. You know, they were they just carved right through the midfield and were you know at that point defenders are running backwards and it's always going to be harder to to defend in that situation. And 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 like you said, you saw some people sort of coming back but not getting back quick enough and you know not following players into the box and. It, it does feel like we are kind of stacked in some ways, even with the injuries up front. And in theory, we should be good in defense, but it feels like it's that, um, you know, defensive midfield area where we're just um, very bad mm. right now. And it's it's um, kind of a depressing moment right now. You just go into games and you don't feel good. Um, and it's kind of a, for me, you know, since I'm a newer fan, just been following since kind of the Pochettino era, it's kind of a newer feeling to go into games Kind of thinking we'll, we'll probably lose, but hopefully we'll be lucky and maybe we'll we'll scrape a draw. You know. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Welcome to the life of a Spurs fan. It it, it is it, it it's it can be tough. Um, I in many ways, you know, if you if you've got players up front that can get you goals, um, it can paper over the cracks. But we don't even have that now. Um, we, it's asking a lot of. Danley Mora and Stevie Bergwijn to do a job with 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 Son and Kane out. Um, I <laughs> there was a lot of um, on social media before the game in, in the days building up to the game last week or so, and and even in, even in the stadium there were lots of shouts of um, give Parrot a start, give Parrot a start. So we had a, we had three questions on this, um, all much of a muchness. I'll read them. Gary Grover first. Why why not just give Parrot a go? I mean, it's not 
as if he would he would cost us defensively. Why give him a new contract if he's not ready? Why not loan him out to get experience? Darren Pamenter again, regardless of his suggested out attitude problems, is it time to start playing Parrot to bed him in over the likes of Lucas, who continues to frustrate every week? And finally, Andy Ireland, um, also Parrot has to play. Lack of striker showing might as well give him some game time. Uh, who should I come to first? Uh, Nate, thoughts on Parrot? Well, in a, in a strange way, after today, I, I kind of agree more with that sentiment because, you know, in a, in a weird way, after today's game was over, I almost felt... Um, I didn't feel as upset about the loss as I have recently. I think partially because, for me, it just felt like I could kind of let go of even hoping that we would finish in the top four because I just really don't think... Um, I, I really feel like that's not going to happen anymore. So... I think now we have to think to the future, and and he is the future, and we need to start giving him some chances to, you know, find his feet and to find his role within the team. And I know um, the one listener was calling out Lucas, who I thought had an okay game, but for me right now it's Delhi, who's just not himself. And even today, you know, the first goal he Delhi really should have scored, and he was lucky that Bergwijn was there to put it away. And I just kind of noticed him getting very visibly frustrated out there, sometimes kind of. Um, complaining to his teammates about stuff and you know i don't know if that's because he's feeling isolated or what's going on but it doesn't doesn't look great mm, i mean delhi's just he had the, the this is the, the 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 drag back that the keeper saved and then bergwine turned in for the first goal yeah yeah it, it it was almost so casual and arrogant the way he just did it and i know that's probably Delhi all over that's just his makeup as a footballer but it was almost too casual and he was very very fortunate that somebody was there to to, to get a goal I mean he, he also had another chance yeah the header the header right I think we, we were that was the point at which we were 2-1 and if that had gone in it could have been a different game a different podcast altogether um before I bring Mark into this on Parrot I mean is it just maybe possible that two managers Pochettino who gave him his chance in pre-season and then included him in some of the squads earlier this season. And now Mourinho, is it just possible that you know they are right in their view that, that he isn't ready and all the fans are, are demanding for him to start are actually misplaced in their in 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 their beliefs that he's that he's ready and 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 the manager knows best yeah i i I mean there's two of them that have done the same thing and if i remember correctly parrot was pretty impressive in Mm pre-season right he worked real hard non-stop he was good so something's going on and for two of them to feel that way because you know jose could quite easily come in and try and be the hero and and, you know, try and make Poch out to be the bad guy and, and give him a chance. But there's obviously something that's not quite right there. But by the same token, he did get on the pitch today. Mm. And I, I, believe, I, I believe that we'll start seeing him get chances. It'll just be when uh, Mourinho's ready, you know? All the people that... All the fans that are asking him... Or, uh, sorry, are, are, are demanding... Um, Jose to start him or to bring him off the bring him on, bring him on the bench whatever I understand we, you know, we don't have a recognised striker at the moment so I, I understand there is a uh, there's a requirement there that, that, that there's a position there that needs to be filled and and so forth but 
Firstly, how many of these fans have actually seen Parrot play? How many Spurs fans can actually claim to, to, to have watched him play? Because he's not kicked many balls. He's played a little bit for Ireland, um, and he's had the odds. I can't remember who it was. I think it was a European game. He 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 might have come off the bench, and there was one against one match earlier this season. Jose might have been Burnley or Bournemouth, one of those. I think when we were, we were winning handsomely at home, I think it was, yeah, Burnley, where we were five in love or something, and he and and he, and he brought mm-hmm. him on. Most people haven't seen the lad play, unless unless they've watched Spurs, um, you know, the youth team, the under twenty three team, which they might well have done. Um, and even but that's a completely different level. So I, that. It amazes me that people suddenly just assume it's almost like they're believing the hype that he's ready, um, which which I find a little bit odd. And the other part of it is you're throwing him straight into the cauldron. You're saying, okay, we've got a problem. We've got Harry Kane, our third highest goalscorer in our in Spurs' history. Um, we've got Son, who's been prolific. We've got these two players out. We've got no other strikers. Go and do a job. He's 18 years old. That's putting a hell of a lot of pressure on a, on a player. And surely the job of the football manager isn't just to manage the team and get the results that we all want, but it's also to manage players and ma- and to manage a situation. And he has to manage this player and his development. That's surely part of Jose's job, as well as, well as most... It's also letting a bunch of seasoned professionals off the hook from their responsibilities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And 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 possibly you know killing their confidence and saying, well, look, we'll just throw anybody in there because you're not doing it. So yeah, I, I mean that that alley going back to the alley moment, that header was absolutely pivotal, and Ali has probably missed a good fifteen good chances this season, hasn't he? He's missed a ton, yeah. and generally because he's too casual about it. And it, it's and I'm a big fan of Ali, but it, it's getting old now. It's it's really getting old. And I thought I thought the I thought Bergwijn looked like that early knock kind of took a little bit out of him today too. I was surprised mm. he didn't come off and a lot earlier too. But the tr- the trouble is, who do you, who do you who do you bring on for these players? When you look at the bench today, you've got Form, you've got Out of Eld, you've got um, Vertonghen. So. They're not gonna, they're not gonna come on for the likes of Delhi or or mm-hmm. uh, Bergwijn if they're mis- misperforming. You've got Skip. The the only other options I, I seem to recall on the bench were Parrot, Dombele, and Gedison. Now Gedison might give you some fresh legs in in midfield, but I, I fail to see what else he does. So. That just leaves Dombele, who technically is a fantastic footballer. You saw that when he came on, but he just can't start matches. He just seems completely. We can't. Well, when he well when he does start them, he can't finish them. He just doesn't seem match fit. And the other option was goes back to Parrot. So we're asking a lot, unfortunately, of Delhi, Lucas, and Bergwijn game after game after game now at the moment, with very little other options. I mean, Lamella would have been great. If we could bring him on, but he didn't make the bench. Um, Jose mentioned again this week that because of this persistent groin injury he's got at the moment, he can only do one training session with with the players 
before the game and then it's just or the day before the game and then he decides whether he's fit or available to be on the bench or not um, right. we, we didn't have that option so it, it's yeah it, it's not great it's not great um, and then it then it, it's almost like a vicious vicious circle then it goes back to well if, if we've got these got these limited options then then Parrot has to start but yeah, you know that's two managers that clearly it's, pr- the, the, it's pretty it's pretty funny really how you know our midfielders not setting the world alight by any in by any by shape or form but nobody's screaming out for skip to get a start are they and i don't mm. see i don't see why he hasn't started we've been so yeah. poor in games he, he he's a workhorse. He's a, a kind of an all-round midfielder. I'm mm. very surprised he hasn't started or, I was, been, or come on as a sub. Yeah, I was impressed with him in pre-season. I thought he'd he'd become a bit stronger. He'd he'd, he'd, he'd increased his muscle mass. He looked he looked he looked you know more he looked more of a man, less of a boy. Um, and I, I'd thought he'd feature a little bit more this season, but yeah, I, I don't know why why he's not. Um, started just going back to Gary's the original first question that we had on Parrot Gary Grover he said why was he given a new contract if he's not ready why not loan him out to get experience I think from what I understand whilst he hadn't signed a new contract in up until in the January sort of winter uh, transfer window during that time and we were reluctant to loan out a player who was at the end of uh, 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 an existing contract, or, or still a youth player, because there's you know you loan a player out and he does well and he can then <laughs> be snapped up by another club. So we wanted to get that commitment from him first, which we now we've got. So I guess now that he's signed that new contract, if if he, it's perceived that he needs minutes elsewhere, then he'll be loaned out in the summer. That's my I think understanding of the situation. Yeah, we were, waiting. we were waiting for him to turn 18, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, question from Gilly. Uh, he just says, do you think Marino's defeatist language in interviews is eroding the confidence of the players who remain and us, the fans? Nate? Um, I mean, I think there's there certainly is a confidence problem, but I don't know if he's reflecting the confidence problem or causing the confidence problem. And just going back to the um, Troy Parrott thing, I think that part of why fans are calling out for him so much is there's a little bit of um, people are in a little bit of a state of denial about just how bad things are. And I think people want to believe that, well, if only we started Troy Parrott, then, you know, everything would be better. We'd be scoring tons of goals and we'd be winning Mm -hmm. games. And it kind of reminds me of the way that people get so hyped up for transfers when they come in, where people think a new transfer is going to solve all our problems. But the reality is that... um, like like you two were saying, the problems are much bigger than one what seventeen year old player can solve right now. Um, yeah. So and sorry, what was the the second question the one you just asked? Uh, uh, Mourinho's defeatist language um, in interviews, whether it's eroding confidence of players who remain and us the fans. I think that he's trying to tamp down expectations because I think that um, he sees. Um, what we all see, which is a, a pretty that Tottenham are just not a very good team right now, and um, whether that's how much of that is his fault, how much of that is the players' fault, I think is uh, up for debate. I don't think either him or the players can escape criticism for that. But I mean, 
if he were to be coming out and being all positive and upbeat, I think we would all be criticizing him for being out of touch with what's going on. So I think mm-hmm. that it, it's the reality is that we're not a good side right now. And I think that, um, you know, he, he has to operate within that reality. So if that means being negative in press conferences, sometimes I think that is sort of to be expected. And, and it, yeah, in his defense, well, what has he got to be positive about? That's, you know, that the, he's, I'm going to say he's, he's been dealt difficult set of cards. Well, he's, he's actually, he's in a, managing a club that lots of other man, would be managers would, would envy with a you know, great club potential, great stadium, some really good players, but he's also found himself in a situation where there are some problems which which were alluded to by Pochettino earlier this season about a painful rebuild. There are some unfortunate injuries that we've got, so you know, it's it's <laughs> he's bound to be a little bit gloomy about the situation. Um another one from Gilly. Um if I come to you on this one, Mark, um Gilly asks, are the eternal king king of substitutions changes getting later and later yeah I think so I think they were definitely too late today I think they needed to be much earlier today I think Ndombele was crying out for him to come on and like I said I thought Bergwijn was a little little bit slow and a little bit out of touch and tired in the second half um, but yeah his, his substitutions are definitely he's just getting Unpredictable, I suppose. I don't know what he, what he sees in comparison with us, whether it's part of a game plan or what. But we definitely lost our way, and then it was too late. They, as soon as they got that third goal, they did what Mourinho would do. They bolstered up their defence, and they just sat back and made it impossible for us. Yep. Uh... Gilly then goes on to say, let me me question here, just some comments. He just says, very decent side, Wolves. Uh, We touched upon this earlier. With a few players and a coherent system of play, I'd be happy to see at Tottenham. Um, Is he hinting that um, Nuno should take over at Spurs? I don't know, maybe. Um, All worked hard and some good stuff played, but the whole side looks super confused playing with three central defenders at home to set... And then he says, sorry, at home to Saints in the Cup? Um, or does he mean Norwich in the Cup? Oh, at home to Saints in the Cup at Chelsea last week. Okay, back 25 last week and today. Did we play three centre-backs versus a right wing-back summed up by Dyer and Sanchez almost doing a Laurel and Hardy sketch in the box? Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, will we get up for the cup on Wednesday so let's move on to our next two games so we've got Norwich in the FA Cup on Wednesday at home Um, if we win this we'll we'll go into the quarterfinals Um, are we both feeling a little bit less confident now about this game yes I I think um, I think I I, I still do think that we might we could win this game I'm leaning towards that we will win the game, but I think part of that is that now, really realistically, the FA Cup is our kind of only um, potential, you know, redeeming factor for this mm. season. I think that, like I said, I think we'll be lucky to finish in the top six, let alone top four this year. And I also think we would be lucky to finish above Arsenal, as much as it um, pains me to say that. But um, 
and I don't think I don't feel confident about advancing past Leipzig in the Champions League. So I think we have no choice but to try to go out and win against Norwich. Now the question remains about whether or not we are good enough right now, which is kind of a depressing um, state of affairs. But I mean, Norwich, Norwich are bottom of the table. They have beaten um, Leicester recently, um, who are also having a little bit of dip in form. But you know, the bottom bottom of the table. We're at home. We should win. I'm less worried about today and heads being down. I'm more worried about the players that he's got to work with at the moment. Um, because at the moment, you know, he might start Toby or Jan or both of them. So there might be one or two players that, that started today that won't start on on Wednesday. But again, it's it's pretty much going to be the same. I mean, Session, I think, is still injured. Foyth is injured. We know Sissoko and Son and Kane are injured. Lamella, if we if Lamella can get back and place even some part on on Wednesday, it will be very good. But again, it's asking a lot of Delhi, Bergwijn, um, Mora, all of those players. We 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 look stretched, and it, and it's it's a another game in a few days' time. And, Nor- and Norwich played on Friday, so they've had two days rest. Mark, can we do it? I think we can. I mean, it, you know, it's a cup game. We yeah. we've we've been in terrible form before and still gone out and and made it. I mean, we've scraped by in the cup so far, so it wouldn't surprise me if we lost. It also wouldn't surprise me if we scraped through again. But one thing's for sure is I'll be amazed if we get any further than the quarterfinals in the cup. But then it also depends on how uh, old greasy potato face Daniel Farker uh, decides to send his team out, whether he feels they've got a chance of relegation, they want to focus on that, or whether he feels the cup can, you know, give them the freedom and bring them confidence. You know, who knows? Mm. Who knows? Like a lot of Tottenham games now, you just anything's possible right absolutely I mean I think they look dead and buried but at the moment they're six points Norwich are six points um, off uh, the relegation zone yeah it's 80 Um, and with 10 games left it's doable at the moment it's perfectly doable Um, and I think that's probably more of a priority than the FA Cup. If, if 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 they lose the next two or three games, then yeah, this, different story. Um, can we go any further if we did beat them? I guess it just depends on the luck of the draw. Somewhat, that's always the case with with the FA Cup. Um, after that, we've got Burnley on um, Saturday. Burnley away. Um, before I ask for your predictions on that match, so. Just looking at the table, where we are at the moment, we're on 40 points, um, sitting in seventh. That is two points behind Wolves, two points behind United, five now behind top four and Chelsea, with 10 games left. So that that does look an even more difficult task than a week ago. And as you alluded to earlier, Nate, Arsenal are. So we've got Norwich. Sheffield United blow us, but they've got game in hand, um, same number of points as us, and Burnley two points below us and Arsenal three points below us with that game in hand which if they won they would um, they would go level on points with us but we've we've got a superior goal difference but they've got a players as well so there is a possibility that like you said even they could catch us um, and that would be 
that would be somewhat of a blow for the fans. Um, however, we've got Burnley on Saturday. Can we can we get back to winning ways in the league? Um, if I come to Mark first. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can beat them. It won't be easy, but I, I get the feeling we might scrape by them. They're one of those teams that we just seem to have a bit of a hoodoo over and, and can generally scrape out results against. I thought I felt that way with Wolves, but that kind of seemed like that ended today. Well, we beat them five nil at home um, in the reverse fixture. Um, Nate, can we get a similar scoreline? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, I think I think it's far more likely to be a nil nil one one. Um, I, I I hope we can win, but like I said, at this point, I tend to kind of even for games like this, I, I really am almost going in with the attitude of uh, you know I'll take a draw. Wouldn't be that bad to draw, um, and that's kind of how I feel going into the game, which used to be how I felt going into games against you know maybe Manchester City or. Um, Chelsea or you know where I would say well you know a draw wouldn't be so bad but now I'm feeling that way about just about every team we come up against I think I think we're going to concede a goal that's for sure um I just every game now I just feel we're going to concede a goal now the problem with that is to win you need to score at least two goals if you if you're if you're going to concede one stating the obvious um, and I don't know that we've got it in our in our armor at the moment, we've got that, um, so it's going to be difficult. I think I think a lot will depend also on Wednesday night as well. Um, if Wednesday night, because of the game, the cup tie won't go to a replay; it has to be decided on the night. So potentially it could go to extra time. Potentially it could go to penalties. So if it does against Norwich and the players are tired, then I think Burnley will have a slight advantage. But it, it is so difficult to predict these days. I remember, you know, a few few seasons ago when we were in our pomp under Pochettino and we were doing really well you, you it doesn't matter who we were playing away from home maybe one or two exceptions but generally you, you felt really confident going into these games and now it, it's it's yeah it's a question of hoping for the best um, okay so we're going to finish off with a few questions um, Spurs ladies as Bex mentioned last week are not in action um, and won't be until um, there is uh, until the 15th of March I think I think they've got a cup tie against Arsenal women and then they return um, in the league the following week so let's finish off with one, two, three, four, five, five questions um, firstly Davy McCraggy um, apologies for the pronunciation um, um, what is it that Mark is it, is it it's David McCraggy McCrikey, right, David, David McCrikey, that's better, right, um, question, for the, oh, I'm so tempted to, to edit that out, but I won't, I'll leave it in there, David McCrikey, question for the panel, Jav, it's clear as day that Jose was the wrong choice as manager after Poch got sacked, would it make more sense to bite the bullet and get rid of Jose in the summer before we undo, undo, that's all the good work Poch had done over the past five years, or wait until he destroys everything, and then he finally, and then and then we finally get in, get someone in who brings us back to playing the Poch way, and he has to undo all the damage that Jose has done. Oh, who should I come to first? Um, Mark, let me start with you on this one. Uh, I think that's wishful thinking <clears throat> at this point. 
for a lot of people. Um, he won't go in the summer. He'll go, if he goes, it'll be after the, the following season. This season will be seen as a wash for him. He'll be more judged. He'll be judged a little bit on this season, but more so on next season. So I can't see that happening. I, I to be quite honest, it, it wouldn't bother me. I, I it wouldn't bother me if he did, as long as we got somebody decent in to replace him and. The man that was in front of us today, Nuno Sanchez, was the one I wanted. I wanted us to continue with a progressive younger coach mm-hmm. and follow that formula, and it, it didn't happen. We didn't even get the opportunity to speculate or argue on who we were going to get, did we? But yeah. no, I, I, don't think, I don't think Jose will go in the summer unless something really big happens. Mm. Okay. Mates, um... Thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I agree with with Mark. I I, I think the chances of him leaving over the summer is about zero. Um, I also agree that um, it felt like it was all about grabbing headlines, signing Jose Mourinho because he's a big name. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I, I do worry about the future of the team with him as manager. He does seem to tend to play negative style. And... um, he doesn't always seem to have the best decision-making when it comes to which players he wants to sign. And so I think people are, um, you know, correct to be a little concerned about mm. what what this means for the future of the team. But, I, I mean, we have no choice but to just kind of hope it works out, I guess, you know. And so part of me still hopes he's able to build a, you know, defensive-minded team that's able to scrape by wins and maybe next year will be better. But but I'm not, I'm not too optimistic about it. So I... I agree with you both in, in so far as I don't think anything's going to change th- this summer. I think Jose will, will still, still be there. Um, to address the, correct, the question head on, though, I'm not going to make it about p- personalities. I'm not going to talk about Pochettino. I'm not going to talk about Jose's suitability for the job um, or whether he's the right fit. Um, I've probably expressed my thoughts Um on the matter in the past um, and I'm not even going to talk, entertain whether um, Nagel's somebody like um, uh, the, the guy at Southampton Hustle or, 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 or Hustle Hustle I can't say his name Hustle um, <laughs> or, or Nagel's whatever his name is the, the Leipzig coach or, Na- or Nagelsman yeah yeah Always for honest sounding, um, or or Nuno Spirit. Well, forget all all of that. I think there's a there's a problem in football, which is basically if you if you take if you take I don't know somebody like Swansea City a few years ago, they played a particular way under Robert uh, Roberto Martinez. Mart- Martinez went to Wigan. They got Brendan Rodgers. He continued that style of football. They had a particular Id- identity. Um, it was possession-based football it was lots of short passing you know everybody was comfortable on the ball it was a particular way that worked really well f- um, for them and then Rodgers went to Liverpool they brought in um, Laudrup different managers they might have tweaked things slightly but there was this continuity Laudrup brought them a league cup I can't remember who who replaced Laudrup after that then I think that they had several managers and, and there was a steady decline and by the time they got relegated they had lost that sense of identity. I think we, for better or worse, we established a particular identity under Pochettino. You're bound to after with somebody being in the job 
uh, for as long as he was five plus years. Um, that was the way we played. That was the Spurs way in 2014-2019. This was our way. Just as Manchester United in the past have had a particular way, or, or, or Arsenal, or whoever. If you chop and change managers, and sometimes that's necessary if, if the manager is, you know, if the results aren't going the right way, or if um, if there might be problems in the dressing room or whatever it might be but if you do that then at the very least it's important you get a manager who's of a similar you know style yep because by bringing in a manager like Jose who's got a completely different style forget about the rights and the wrongs of his style by bringing that in it's going to cause a massive upheaval at the club you've already got an upheaval in terms of players and personnel that we we know was going to happen anyway again Pochettino's when he said there's going to be a painful rebuild so that's that was going to be present regardless of who was in charge but then on top of that you've got a transition from one style to another it's a bit like for example um the England's um, football team, national team. Um, in the past, they had a foreign coach. They, Sven Joran Eriksson was their first foreign coach. He had a certain approach, a certain way of doing things. Then, when they got, when he went, it was right. We're going to go, going to go, go back to the old English way. Get Steve, Steve McLaren in charge. That didn't go very well. Then they go to a foreign coach, Fabio Capello. He's got a particular way. He's sort of very disciplined, particular way of doing things. Then that doesn't go well. And they go they go back to an English coach in Roy Hodgson. It's almost like one one is a reaction to the other. Um, and I'm not saying this was necessarily. I think there were other reasons. But it's it's quite dangerous when you make that change. It's 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 going to take. Time. There was a really good article um, in the Guardian newspaper, um, which I think is online, and it's not. It's not behind a paywall, certainly in the UK. So, I, hopefully, it's not in the States. An interview with Harry Winks, where amongst other things, he talks about you know they're not quite sure at the moment the system that they need need to play, or or, or the players are still adapting to it. So, I think that's the biggest problem, really. Um, that we've yeah somebody else has come in and he's going to undo the way we've been playing and yeah just if you got rid of then jose in the summer and then went back to somebody else that was similar to pochettino then that's going to take time it's almost like you need to club needs to have a particular identity and and stick with that um, and not I don't think, go from I don't one to the next. Any, I think a whole bunch of managers would have looked at us and said, you know, when we had our problems at the start of the season and thought to themselves, yeah, you know, Pochettino's lost the dressing room. All I'd need to do is come in there, get the get everybody on side, and we'll be good. I don't think any manager, I don't think Jose's necessarily done any better or any worse than anybody else that would have come in i think the problems are still mental there's a lot of mental problems and confidence problems within the squad yeah. that any manager would have struggled with i really do it's obvious yeah. you can see it right i mean yeah yeah a lot of things haven't changed it, it really feels like we need the season to end and just reboot and start from scratch. Control, alt, delete, and just, just start from yeah. scratch. Um, 
Okay, similar sort of question. So from Nick Palmer, he says, I was going to ask a similar question to Davey, but with a slightly different slant, i.e. how close are we in people's opinions to everything Poch built falling apart and needing to be rebuilt? I can see certain people, Delhi for one, leaving for Champions League football. Um, it feels like there's not much left of the spirits and belief we had only a season or two ago can this be recovered or is it back to square one and several bouts of a seasonal or several bouts of a season of rebuilding i think we'll i think we'll we'll have a better idea next year i think that i, I do think this season is already a bit of a write-off and um the hope would be that you know, there is a mentality problem and maybe, you know, a summer off and a chance to start fresh, maybe with a couple more new players would change up the dressing room enough where, you know, next year we can go again with maybe people have taken on the new style and, and we'll, we'll see next year. But I am worried that that's what's, what's happening. And I do worry about losing. I don't worry so much about Delhi partially because he's been uh, performing as well recently, but I worry about, of course, Harry Kane. I worry about Hyung Min Son. Those are the players that I, I worry a little bit about losing mm. um, if things continue to get get worse, basically. And it does feel a little bit like right now, you know, with, with the club, there's been a lot of decisions that have been made that have a lot to do with money and revenue. You know, they built the new stadium, which is about bringing new money. They're doing an Amazon documentary, which I think will be horrible watching with the way this season is going. Um, I think they really did sign Jose Mourinho because he's a big ticket name and um, wanted to just, you know, increase the profile of the club, but it feels like they're forgetting that, you know, you can do all that, but if, it, if the, if it's not a good team to watch, if the football is bad, if we're not winning games, you know, it's a dangerous game to play, I guess. Mark, are there any players that you see that won't be at the club? Um, come the I summer. I, I, I think, Hopefully, there's some that we just decide we we've had enough of and, and replace. But I also think um, there ain't many of them that have exactly shone this season that people are going to want them. Mm. So like, some of them might think they're gonna. They say they want to leave, and a whole bunch of Champions League clubs come in for them. But it doesn't necessarily mean a big Champions League club. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. I think, but. Uh, I mean, Jose's not the kind of uh, manager that I think a lot of them are going to be too thrilled or too, uh, you know, loyal to. So I think of some of the players we mentioned, um, top players, I think Delhi's stock has definitely fallen. So I, I, I can't see anybody coming in, any big teams coming in for him this summer. Um, so he's really, he's got a prime opportunity in the summer, fresh start, new manager, pre-season, Jose will have the players, also hopefully get some new players in, um, for Delhi to get back to the player that we know um, he is. Humming son, fantastic talent, I can't see him leaving Spurs, I think he just seems to be, he just strikes me being very loyal. The one that does concern me is, um, obviously LaCelsa we've just signed on a, his permanent signing but the one that does concern me is Nate mentioned earlier Harry Kane and whilst I don't think he will leave because again 
he's missed Tottenham, he wants to break Jimmy Greaves' record. Um, he's at an age, he'll be 27 this summer. Um, this is the, the, you know, he's approaching his peak. Um, it's It could be now or never. And if, and if a club like Real Madrid or somebody like that or Manchester United um, who knows from United might have Pochettino next season if they came knocking on the door uh, money talks um, That that's the only one that's slightly concerned to me ever so slightly but yeah it's going to be it's going to be a difficult summer ahead and, and I think the lack of Champions League football will will make things difficult actually in terms of attracting players um, I think well, I think it, it, it might do us a favour because I I also believe that it's long overdue that we bought some players that with Premier League experience. I think we need to go back to to that a little bit. It's just we keep buying players from outside of the league. I think mm. that that's huge. I mean, I think there's I think there's a balance there to be made, and if you've got to pay a little bit more for these players, I think it's worth it. Definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. And there's also a requirement, I think, for to have a certain number of English or homegrown players um, anyway in the squad. And I think there was a little bit of an imbalance there that both the current manager and the previous one talked about. So on that, on signings, um, we had a question from Alex Hales who says, with our defensive issues um, at the moment and the fact that Jan will be leaving in the summer, which defenders would you like to bring in and what would you want our back line to be for next season. He just goes on to say, personally, I like Ruben Diaz and have him partner out of Arrows. So um, I saw something the other day. I didn't read it because I just, I, I, I was in ho- horrified when I saw, when I saw, when I re- read the, the headline. So I didn't even bother clicking on the link, um, but it suggested that the former, he's still a, he's still a Manchester United player, but the, He's now at Roma, loaned out to Roma. Chris Smalling had been linked with a move mm. to Spurs. Obviously, he's played under Mourinho at uh, at United previously. Um, Mark, is he the player with Premier League experience that you, you would like at Spurs? I think I, I'd be amazed if anybody were able to prize him away from Roma. If he's playing regularly there and he's happy and they're liking him, I can't see him coming back to the Premier League. He's a United player. We don't have to deal with them. Yeah, there's other there's other uh, central defenders I prefer to have first ones with a little bit more uh, time left in their career. I, I actually quite like Tyrone Mings. Mm. I think he's a good player. Tarkovsky is a good player. Um, the one I'd love us to get would be Upamecano, but I just think everybody's going to be after him in the summer. I'd much rather him than Koulibaly, who's going to be way too expensive and is too old to be paying that much money in my mm-hmm. opinion Nate is there a particular centre back that you think would 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 be a good addition to our squad well, or, or, or perhaps perhaps the, the, the answers are right there into Ganga and Sanchez and even Foyt if he's still got future I mean I, I agree with a lot of the players that Mark listed but I also think you know I do think we are the defenders I think can be good enough. I think the the big problem is that they have no nothing in front of them. You know, no yeah. no midfield protecting them. So to me, that's really where we need to. Um, that's where we need to fill in some gaps, and we need a really good player. And I know it's it's almost cliche to talk about it this time, but you can so clearly trace our decline to when 
Dembele left and we didn't replace him. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's almost absurd how obvious it is that him leaving is what has kind of delivered us to where we are now. So I, I don't have any particular players in mind that could fill that sort of role. I mean, when he plays well, Ndombele seems he can sort of fill that kind of role. But the question is, will he ever be able to, to play a whole match? And actually, I had a question for the two you about, um, is it Gedson or Jedson Fernandez? Um, he's To me, he seems like he really flies under the radar. Like um, when Bredouin came in, people were really excited about him coming and people talk about him. But I feel like no one ever really talks about Gedson. And what, what do you make of him? Is he working out or what, what do we feel about him? I, I just see a pair of legs, like somebody who can provide some fresh legs off the bench that that's what i see his contribution and also i think i think if you look at his we signed him on loan on a very long loan deal we signed him at a point in time which sissoko was injured i think he's just cover for, for, for sissoko while sissoko gets back which hopefully should be soon i, I don't uh... i don't see a player there I think he's con- he, he looks like he's confident, but he's been thrown into a midfield that isn't working right now, into a team that's not playing well. It doesn't really seem like he has any real instructions other to just go on there and try and push the ball forwards because others aren't, and uh, to try and make a difference. I think you're right. I think he's there to cover Suzuko, but I also think he, he was there to uh, uh, put the wind up... Uh, and on ballet and say, look, I don't care. I'll get an 18-year-old if he's if he's putting in more effort than you are. He'll start in front of you. I think he's he's there mm-hmm. to sort of shake up and on too. And you know, as for and on whether he's going to work or not, I'm like, I'm on 40%. I'm 40% confident that he he makes it as a Tottenham player at this point. I'm not not real confident in him at all. Um, but again, he's not a defensive midfielder. He hasn't shown any real defensive midfielder qualities. If he's shown any quality, it's been mm. driving the ball forwards. We he needs somebody to partner him to do that job. We need at least two defensive midfielders this summer. Do you know who we haven't talked about? Um, not because he's injured, as far as I know, and he's not even on the bench. But when he armour, I mean, he's just completely completely fallen out of favour which is fine because when he has played we we can see he's a complete shadow of the player that he was but it's it's crazy that he's still at the club it's it's somebody that we should have should have long sold by now Um, I think it's it's just unfortunate that nobody wants him I think we would we would gladly let him go I don't I really don't believe anybody wants him or when they Mm. start to look at him they must see his fitness issues and and bulk but i wonder if he's if if any of these signings have 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 got as far as sorry any of these clubs who have been linked with him if it's ever got as far as a player going there to um to perform a medical and he fails the medical um i mean i've not heard that but but maybe maybe they're not they won't agree to the spaghetti terms in his contract (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, final two, final one question, really. Uh, John Steggles um, just says, and I think he's being tongue-in-cheek, how important is it having 40 points on the board right now? Well, I don't think there's any danger of us being relegated um, now that we've got 40 points, but 
um, we can we can we can do a little bit better than that. Andy Ireland um, for the final question. He says, "Who gets the last two places for top four? Um, and do we go all out for Jimenez in the summer? Are we both? Are we all in agreement that top four is out of reach? I think it's going to be a comedy of errors like it was last season." I think everybody's going to fall over themselves to screw it up again, exactly like it was last season. But either way, either way, we the the situation we're in right now, we could probably do without Champions League next mm. season. The only the only plus point about that would be the money and being able to keep players. But I don't think I don't we think we've played anywhere near well enough to deserve it. So I, I still think um, I still think I think Chelsea are going to scrape it, scrape in, and then it'll be a case of who. Uh, for me, if anybody deserves it, it's probably Wolves. If it's not us, I'd like to see Wolves get it. I don't think Arsenal are good enough either. I don't well, even think they're as good as us. Hold on, but who, something. But but who do you think? So Leicester and Man City. Um, yeah. And do you think yeah. Leicester, sorry, Liverpool and Man City? And do you think Leicester or will Leicester secure third? I think that I think they'll probably have just enough space between them and everybody else to stay there because everybody else is so inconsistent. But I also, I think uh, Ethan was showing me yesterday, my son, that Leicester have got three very tough games to finish the season, all against top four. They uh, play us rivals. They got us and Chelsea and someone else, I think. So they've yeah. got a very tough finish to the season. Okay, so but so assuming they they make it, um, you think it'll either be Chelsea or Wolves? Yes. Well, if it's not us, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. If, if it if it's definitely not going to be us, or, or or it doesn't end up being us, then I would I would like Wolves to to you know that it'd be interesting if somebody different makes the top four and. They're a good, good team. Um, they play some good football, um, and it would be very interesting if Manchester United don't make top four again, and where that would leave Solskjaer's future. Um, Nate, can we do it? I, I mean, it is still like Mark said. I, I do think Chelsea's are is going to drop more points. I think Manchester United are going to drop more points. Wolves will drop points. Um, Leicester will, but I, I just don't feel confident that we will not drop at least as many points as the teams around us. So I don't think we're going to make top four. Um, and then the question for me is whether or not we would want to qualify for the Europa League or not. And again, it's looking at some other teams have had success when they are in no European competitions and can just focus on you know, figuring out who really is our best 11 and putting that same group of players out every week and trying to actually, you know, put a run together and get in some form as a unit. So a part of me is wondering if it could be a far poor form now could be a blessing in disguise next year, but maybe I'm just trying to find a silver lining. Yeah. I mean, on the question of catching Chelsea, they need off those 10 matches. They need to leave, lose two of them at least. And we'd need to win two uh, you can't, you can't corresponding see, features. Can you see us putting in a run of four consecutive wins or something? Three no. or four consecutive wins? That's no, at no. the end of I, the day, you know, that's I can it all. 
I can see Chelsea. They've got they've got Liverpool. I think towards the end of the season, I can see them losing that game. I can maybe see them losing another one somewhere along the way. But like you say, can we show that level of consistency? You know, and how many chances? I said it on the last pod, and my point was, we you know that we deserve to be. We've had two. We had two chances against Chelsea this season to to, to when we played them to to beat them and go fourth, and we blew it on both occasions. And frankly, you do not deserve top four football if you get that many chances and you you screw up. Um, today we had another chance. Okay, not to not to go fourth, but if we'd won, we would have gone. We would have stayed fifth or gone, gone into fifth, sorry, and we would be two points behind Chelsea, who slipped up yesterday. And suddenly you're thinking, okay, ten matches left. That's yeah, that's possible. And we've we've blown it again. And I don't know how many chances we're going to get. And I don't think we just we've shown that we we're consistently inconsistent. So I can't I can't see I can't see it. I think today today was a big deal for me if we didn't win today then that that was the nail in the coffin and i got my answer i really don't believe we'll mm-hmm. get top 4 i think leicester what well, they're 5 points clear of chelsea i think they probably i know they're having a little bit of a dip i think they'll probably secure um a top 4 position either third or fourth and i think and then i think it's a complete free for all um mm-hmm. i think we'll be there but we probably won't do it um so that leaves Chelsea, United, Liverpool. Sorry, not Liverpool. Sorry, Chelsea, United, Wolves. Um, possibly somebody like Sheffield United or Arsenal. I think it's probably a little too late in the day for Arsenal to get fourth. Um, Wolves, be, Wolves, Wolves are the only one that I can really see. It'd be embar- It'd be really embarrassing if Sheffield United got in the Champions League ahead of us. Too, <laughs> yeah, much. that would be that would be. That would be embarrassing. Um, I think probably Wolves. I think United are, are a bit like ourselves and Chelsea, for that matter. Consistently inconsistent. Um, they've signed yep. Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, great. They get some good results, but they they then lose in places they're expected to win. That that, that they have um, deficiencies in some parts of the team. Um, the final part of. Um, Andy's question was Jimenez, Wolf striker. Do we go out and get him in the summer? I would love to have him, but you know, I, I, whether or not we'll do it or whether or not he would want to come is another question. Hmm. He's what, 28, 29? I don't think yeah. he'd, well, he wouldn't want to come to us. He wouldn't want to play behind Kane. He's, if anything, I could see him. Uh, going back to going to Spain and somebody like Valencia or one of those teams just below the top two snapping him up. He's a great player. We, you know, we should have we should have bought him before he went to Wolves. Really, right? At the end of the yeah. day, probably that was our opportunity. Well, we, we certainly need a striker of that caliber in our squad, as well as Kane, as well as Sonny. And um, I think I think we're I I believe that Bergwijn is the replacement for Lucas, and we'll sell Lucas in the summer and put that money towards a striker. Mm-hmm. I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. Dare I say, it, even a striker with Premier League experience w- would have been would have been a good thing. Um, we had one of those in Lorente, obviously was prolific at Swansea, um, but we sold him. Ah, who knows? Parrot might be. Parrot might be um, 
might be our main man ne ne next summer and suddenly he might be a viable option um, at the moment he's not getting the chances rightly or wrongly um, but uh, yeah it is what it is right um, the next podcast will be recorded uh, next Sunday um, by which time we will know if we've beaten Norwich and also if we have who we have in the next round in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup um, and it will also be the day after we play uh, Burnley um, all that's left for me to say is thank you Nate thanks so much for having me I had a good time thank you Mark thank you and until next time the future's bright the future's lily white good night Faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out, and we'll talk out over her.